you know, I'm seeing some mean, mean and hateful things. Uh, I've saw some, I mean, we all had as human, but <laughs> I'm seeing some shit today on the news that just make me change my mind about complaining. I mean, not so much complaining. I really gotta be careful what the fuck I say. Uh, I saw a dude, the news in Detroit. I mean, this is crazy. I'm not gonna try to explain it or anything. Motherfucker used gasoline to burn somebody, pulled it in the store, and then torched it. And I'm, I'm, I just could not believe. But all that shows me is just that people going through all fucking kind of extremes, killing each other. And not just in the inner city, all over the fucking place. And it's scary. It's scary because this shit just happening every fucking where. Even tried that in Serbia, but they jumped on that shit fast. You know, the people say, uh-uh, not here. They voluntarily turn in their guns and they evaluating all the rest of the, everybody else, all of them, even the ones who turn in their guns. And it's, I mean, what they're saying, no, we can't do this shit. We can't be an example of this shit in the United States. And I fucking commend them for that shit. But, fuck. Oh, my word. So, hmm. It give me pause. It give me shit to think about. Man, fuck. I know shit hard. Really, really. I mean, that doesn't change a lot of shit. But I've I been pretty hard and brutal on shit. Like, I could have said something or was saying something. Because I actually was going to made another one and I just deleted that fucker. Said something about the uh, the submarine and who owned it and these people down there. You know, fuck that. The thing is get the people. That's immediate right there. If you can do it uh, no matter what. Uh, the war in Ukraine, yeah, it's not right. United States sending a hell of a lot of money over there but fuck, it's still not right. The war on either side, killing the other. But then, neither is that shit going on in Africa, all over the world. So, but, that shit just gave me fucking pause to know that shit going on here, on top of all this other shit. And not even race related. That happened this past weekend. Just what happens to be Juneteenth and you know, the Detroit police captain saying, you know, it's a summer, it's a long hot summer. It's like, fuck, that's even more scary. More people gonna be out picnicking and doing this. People always used to do that shit. Something else is wrong. Come on now. So, <clears throat> that motherfucker there who used that gasoline in that way, I mean, look, we've heard of him before, we've seen him. Well, probably seen the victims of it because there was this girl on TV who I've seen. Uh, old man burnt up from Africa, I believe. 
beautiful voice. I think it was on the, uh, one of them singing shows. And uh, American Got Talent, I believe. But the thing is, the, you know, in the know, that's not just the results. I mean, this ain't no CSI, you know, police drama show. This fucking shit's real life. And I mean, I cannot believe, for one, they're going to put it on TV. Yeah, I mean, we need to shoot, see the extent we're getting to it. I mean, because it's not just guns, the most fucking physical violence, a lot of it, you know. The, uh, they went on about, you know, this guy who's slashing people up in fucking New York. doesn't matter that they're trying to characterize now, you know, after this choking up there, that uh, this dude's slashing people. And fuck, that's wrong. That's fucked in itself. But more than that, it's scary. I mean, the society ought to take a look and see what the fuck's going on. Really, I mean, across the board. Not only evaluation across the building, none of this biased bullshit like you, or we've accepted and you allowed, and you're actually fucking manipulating. Because a crazy motherfucker ain't gonna call himself crazy, especially if he leads you. They crazy for not following me. Oh, imagine that shit call me crazy. But it's just scary. It's been scary. Been scared for us. I mean I looked at sixteen nineteen project. Oh fuck. Hot wrenching the sea. I mean, you know, I kinda was trying to put that together in my way, throwing it in with my life's experiences and stuff. And I could never, ever do it any justice like my trying to voice and expect what I saw on this uh, documentary. Nor could I in the mental health state, you know, uh, as I read, picked up on in the book, Like Pain. So, I mean, this is, that was profound just to even see that that made it there on on fucking national TV despite the fact you gotta pay for, pay for every fucking thing now. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I could have got the distant library eventually. Uh, if it depends on the library, you know. <laughs> but the thing, it was in itself to show how I, a country and a group of people, really. I mean, you, you don't, you know I'm not exaggerating, you know I'm not lying. Okay, you want to save your feelings, you want to save the feelings of those who close to you and say, hey, we had nothing to do with that, that was 150 years ago. Uh, excuse me, examine that shit all over. Because uh, from that time to now, you've been fucking brutal. This shit just as bad as in uh-uh, systematically wise is even worse than South Africa. They knew where they stood. But we got so many, you got so many allies who saying it's okay, amen. There's nothing oppressive about this country. Oh, excuse the fuck out of me. I'm not, I'm not just a, uh, I'm not an example. I'm the usual. We just got these demos or these lefties. You know, come on. 
enough of that bullshit. Oh, but, you know, I'm not going into that, you know, because it's even crazy trying to explain it, you know, for me to try to explain it and exhaust my self-explaining. Uh, and like I say, I was putting something out earlier, and I just saw that, and that just made me say, look, think about what you do say, because uh, I need to, and I'm not no, oh, God, I'm not an angry man like that. Oh, fuck, I'm not nowhere near that fucking crazy and they do shit now on TV like they don't get you got cameras everywhere and I'm not trying to say hey you should be careful where you do shit because if you got camera but fuck you know and, and shit just don't stop everywhere music festival dances mostly at celebrations they catch your ass off guard. <laughs> Keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. <clears throat> I'm not sure I could, we could point to a lot of theoretical, uh, uh, conspiratory theories. You know what I mean? Fuck it. If that's the truth, fucking shame, shame that so many got to die to me, for, for you to accomplish a certain goal, uh, and, and for the enslaving people, but it's, it's fucking absolutely crazy. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just suspicious of everything. I don't let nothing get close to me now, and I'm watching things from afar. And I'd rather be alone than around people. Never out in the open other than walking, and I do that early now. Uh, and you know, I don't go out there in the dark, but it's just five o'clock in the morning, it's you know, tomorrow the solstice, so or the day after, and it's it's like you know, when I was in Phoenix, you know, you I learned to turn shit upside down, uh, like even though I worked in the daytime, got to work early in the morning. Well, not early, but <laughs> we had to be to work at seven. By seven o'clock, it was, uh, that sun was up good and, you know, it was starting to get warm. June, July, August, September, October, the leaves start coming. But uh, you learn to deal with it and adapt. We mostly uh, start doing things like anything leisure you would do, you wouldn't do it in the daytime. Sometimes you would, you know, people would go in the rotundas and, you know, have a good weekend full of beers and Kool-Aid, uh, cold drinks, whatever. And uh, have a little picnic celebration sometime, you know. Uh, as long as they had trees and you was under those, it was all right. And they were actually stayed busy sometimes. Till the dead of summer. But uh, it turned, told, showed me how to uh, flip things over. Cause I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, we did a hundred and three, four yesterday. We forecast a hundred and one the same today. So we probably do a hundred and four again today. It's two o'clock right now. So it ain't even touched it yet. I think it's touching a hundred now. But in Phoenix, it was bad ass hot. 
And the thing was getting to work and then getting home. And once you got home, you know, you chill until it was nighttime. Uh, or just when it starts getting dark, you go take your walk, you know, because it's cooler now, now. And that's, we, we stayed on the outskirts on 83rd Street when it was, when it was the outskirts. And, uh, <laughs> we would go fishing at night. Go up in the mountains and the chain, the lakes, you know, go up there around the Indian Reservation. And where they had this sheer cliff. Where barely two cars could uh, get on side because on one side was just fucking another sheer part of the mountain. And you got two-way traffic and there was barely in some spots where two cars could pass. Uh, so, um, we used to go up there anyway. I don't know why I mentioned that. That's just one of the things I remember about going up there in the mountain fishing. And we would go, we wouldn't go that way all the time. Uh, and never at night, I believe. And fish, hang, in, hang out at night, you know, we'd get, we'd get off work. And every Friday we did this, mostly every Friday. I worked at uh, Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> waiting table boy that was a hard hustle I had just quit um, Alice Cooper town because they wasn't giving me no fucking kind of raise or nothing you know want me to do all that fucking work and not getting compensated I was pre pretty much in the kitchen managing it because Lee and uh, Leslie had them got drunk so it was actually me so and uh, running it. So, I mean, really, wasn't nobody kind of leading it. You know, to come up, we'd come up with a menu and different things. And we did this uh, for lunch, because that basically that was the door. And then finally, you know, when I'm doing this, doing this, I'm asking for a raise. And I'm, you know, old drunkly, and uh, I think Leslie not even working anymore. She's in jail now. Cause they was hard on alcoholism now. So it's drunk driving especially. And she uh ended up in jail. We uh and like I said, we done that maybe for about four to six months. And couldn't get a raise, you know, and I'm like, fuck this. So I quit. <laughs> I went to Black Eyed Peas or went somewhere else and went to end up at Black Eyed Peas right across on 75th Street. 75th was that uh, uh, Indian school. No, it was 75th. I'm trying to remember how Indian school run. Because I know it was, might have been McDowell. And before the interstate and across from the mall. And I worked there. I did that shit for about a year and a half. Actually, until I got a job. I, uh, offer. I kept on telling me about applying for uh, icons. And man, you would be good over the phone talking to people. So I'm like, okay, yeah. Told me that a couple of times and I was getting desperate, needed the money. So I ended up leaving Black Eyed Peas. But while I was there, you know, every Friday, and then I mean, once I moved on, I could go fishing every Friday. I had like a normal job, no more waiting tables. That's when I first got into corporate. But from Black IP, we used to go up there in the mountains and uh, every Friday bring a piece of uh, seven layer chocolate cake home. 
have that on Saturday, but Friday we would go uh, fishing. Hang up in the mountains all night long. Even sleep. Had the futon in the back, had the poles out, stuck in the trunk. Maybe a couple on the ground with the bells on in case you hear it. No, they always in the uh, back of the truck. They had the four, at least four spikes back there where we could put them. And then, uh, did some good fishing too sometimes. You know, went to sleep late, woke up early, got to hell. Used to ride on in and see that them lights in the valley used to come Fountain Hill way. The way where Mike Tyson there, uh, up north, north of Scott there. And come in that way and uh, hit the interstate and get on the west side of town. Cause that's where we weighed 83rd, but that was always a good ride. And coming down out of the mountains, we loved it. I love the sight of um, the valley. And that's how it made you see how it was hot. And sometimes we'd come down at early in the morning. Uh, wouldn't go through that, leave out that night. Depends on where we were in the mountains. And we'd come out there. <laughs> One time I blew out my tire coming around out there in the mountains. And that was right on the highway, getting on the highway. Hit that curve and pow! And like, fuck. But I, uh, we, did our fishing, come in that sandy, uh, uh, clean them up, and then I would, uh, Lillian and Neat fish, ate whiting, that was it. We'd buy that in, in, in uh, uh, Walmart or somewhere. Or no, there was a place down there where she uh, bought it. But actually up in the mountain fishing, she uh, when uh, uh, caught a, I love them sunfish, oh, I love them damn sunfish. And they had the blue gills up there in the mountains and all over the place. Fuck, all over Arizona. They got blue gills. You got water, you got some blue gills. Uh, in the urban lakes, in the chain of lakes, uh, uh, below rivers, you might find them. You should find them. But, you know, we both were going for catfish. Bluegill was good, and Lillian caught a bluegill because you had to, like, fish in the grass for the bluegill. So, mostly it was an early morning, daylight thing when you put a shine or something on it to attract them. But they hit it hard too. Uh, Lillian caught a fucking two pound, maybe three, four pound bluegill. But there's this place where we used to come from the lake right on the highway where they got pictures galore. They would verify the way they fish and everything and she, she made it to the board. She made it to the damn board for the uh, bluegills out that lake. And she knew the lakes, you know, cause I mean, she was fishing that way before I came along. I just hop, hop on the wagon. <laughs> and when my dad came, you know, he was glad to be going fishing with her too, you know, cause she know where the good fishing spots were. Rarely did we ever go fishing and not get anything. You know what I mean? A lot of time we just go in the urban lakes, catch them little bitty things. Sometimes you just try to let them go, but fuck them little things with them spikes on them. So, but uh, that place there, Phoenix, I mean, when I first got there, it was nice. It was October, in, in the winter, actually. Uh, coming over the mountain, I remember coming over the Shasta Mountains from uh, Washington. And I ran into snow, and I hit, you know, Phoenix. Phoenix wasn't bad, and got, went into winter uh, in Phoenix, didn't even wear a coat. No, I didn't wear a coat too much inside of Seattle, because it really wasn't that cold. 
not that much. But then, you know, sometimes it was with that wind blowing. I uh, decided to go down to Phoenix because, I mean, more sunlight. <laughs> I've been, done, done Seattle long enough. And I, um, the first one was nice. Got a job in the kitchen and shit. And by the time summer came, I was working and, uh, uh, uh I think if I'd have worked anywhere else, I wouldn't have been in the kitchen that long. <laughs> working at, uh, Alice Cooper Town. And I mean, even despite the fucking high-tech venting system, it was hot because it was a nice size, low grill and cook area. It was put together well under the vent, uh, vents and stuff. And I mean, that wind would blow under there, but a lot of time it was just fucking hot. You used to have bandanas on back then, shit, because you sweat so much. Then you call yourself going and have a little break if you went outside. That was your but most of us, you know, if you smoke, you go out there, smoke very fast, get inside it, then you, because that was something she just didn't try to do. <laughs> you didn't smoke inside, so even to go outside and smoke it. Like, if there ain't no shade, most people won't do it. Unless the hardcore smoker. But most of the time, they sat inside. And, uh, you know, I couldn't get the rays I wanted, so that's why I went to, uh, uh, but this place ended up at, uh, Black Eyed Pea, but Black Eyed Pea would have experienced itself, you know. Uh, what's the name? Ruben. Ruben was the, uh, uh, manager. Ruben was pretty cool, and I know he knew I smoked. <laughs> and Ruben knew I had trouble with some of the people because it was, now I had been used to waiting tables in New Orleans, you know, fuck, give me a $5 tip, you know, I mean, I'll accept that. I mean, you know, I'll accept less, don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, for good service, I expect, but some of these people leaving the dollar, dollar, 25, and then I had to realize, you know, these people trying to seem to be normal, and then some of them were just fucking cheap, didn't want to tip, you know, but then I had some that tipped well, and some that would request me once I went in there, because I gave my service, you know, I mean, because the, uh, Ruben, you know, so I was a hustler. Actually, he didn't want to hire me because I'm like, dude, you managed a restaurant in Alaska. You did manage a restaurant in Washington. I said, dude, I need a fucking job. <laughs> and I said, okay, you gave me the job. I made it work. I made it work for a couple of years because it gave me some sort of freedom. That freedom to go, I mean, that freedom of making a little cash. I had that ready cash. I was still paying, we still paying the bills and stuff. I never not pay my bills, I still put that money together, despite the uh, fact they was minimum wage, took them low checks, had those daily uh, money, kept gas in the car, and then I didn't have to go too far to work, you know. Um, so, you know, Black Eyed Peas was experiencing itself working with the uh, people, you know, had those home, down, down home meals, uh, uh, chicken fried, chicken, chicken fried steaks, you know. There was one thing with the roast beef you would put on the uh, Texas toast, you know, smothered it with mashed potatoes, 
put the mashed potatoes on, then the roast beef, and smother it in gravy. And there was a big dude, him and his family used to come in there, and he used to like his a certain way. And no matter who he got, gave it to him, fucked up. He wanted the gravy on the side. Big, that was a heavy, a certain muscular, <laughs> but a little short. But he was a chunky dude, but not chunky, he was muscular chunky. But he was cool, him and his family, and it was uh, uh, Spanish. And uh, children were, I mean, his children were respectful. Some children coming there with disrespect when it was maybe uh, where they took up three tables. And a lot of the waiters didn't want to wait on nobody bigger than four. Some didn't want to wait on nothing bigger than two because they were kids and didn't care about the money, really. Damn, uh, minimum wage was good for them. <laughs> and that was in... Uh, 99 on when did I get to Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, 99, 2000, 99. Anyway, uh, we uh, it, it, the restaurant was spread out, they had the booths up against the wall. I mean, up against the windows, they had some against the wall, they had the bar over on the corner. And this guy, he drank the he drank the beer, uh, that's all he would drink. Maybe he didn't drink. But you know, fuck. He he was he him and his family. They weren't loud noisy. They joked. You they you could see the love in his family there. And I mean, I was glad when one day I ended up taking care of him and uh, waiting the table and uh, kept the teas going. Whatever you know, didn't have to ask for nothing. Shit treat them I, actually I treated them like a fucking customer and not somebody who might give them a bad tip now see I learned another thing a long time ago a lot of people uh, give, don't give good tip because this service they think you know there's a lot of waiters who just do their minimum for a fucking table and pretty much they have you asking I don't want none of my people asking for shit because that's going to take away my money the less you have to ask, I'll ask you, you want some more tea, anything? Go ahead and go, have the tea thing in my hand. Or coffee, whatever. Uh, you finish that, you want to go box? You know, not rushing, you But if everybody eating and I see this sitting there and been sitting there for a minute with the fork and knife on the plate, hey, want me to put that in the box? You want to put it in the box? And that's another thing I used to do because a lot of people don't like you bringing their shit in the back. But anyway, this guy and this family is fucking cool. Uh, and one, the first day I had them was, they, uh, wanted, uh, he wanted, <laughs> he was explicit. <laughs> and I was thinking maybe he thought, thought I was retarded or <laughs> we were retarded or slow here. But, uh, I, uh, <laughs> he wanted his. Toast, mashed potatoes. He wanted his meat on top. He wanted his gravy on the side, in a dish on the side. And he wanted double gravy on the side. <laughs> Say, sure, dude. God, that brought everybody order. And I think I might even bought his first, because you know that's what you generally do uh, give who ordering their food first. 
They're not happy with that shit. <laughs> They're usually not happy with nothing that come along. So, uh, gave them his. You know, held the gravy back till I bought everybody, because you had the big old trays. You would bring a jack stand, you know, a stand and put it on. It's not this thing, but I know he saw that gravy and uh, but that gravy there would have been anything else. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, I'll be back to check on y'all in a minute. Shit, he gave me like fifteen dollars that night, and it was usually he gave me twelve, thirteen, something dollars like that. And every time him and his family came, <laughs> I got that table, and it was uh, maybe once a month. But he was, they was always cool. One time, him and his wife came in there alone, you know. And tip me. Uh, I don't think they tip me a big tip. They always tip me better than what it should have been for the uh, uh, price of the food. So, you know, because most people stuck with it. And then I had a lot of people, even though they tipped a little, would give me that. You could tell they giving that extra. But then, you know, some of them just went in there, came in there to be fucked up. <laughs> Leaving coins on the table, a big party. There's a lot of big time in big parties. You used to have to. You used to, as what I learned in, in New Orleans, you know, what, we don't put no grad on that? Gratitude, you know. I mean, you got that many people, you make sure you're getting 15% because, you know, you don't want it to be no joke on you because some of them do come in there and pull that bullshit. Separate checks, no separate checks. Uh, but more than anything, it was a little local place where people came from inside Phoenix and not too far, far away from there. Or stop when they was at the mall, so they, you know, and decided to come to Black Eyed Peas. Cause Black Eyed Peas was a brand name, but uh, it actually was a good experience for me, settling me down for a while, uh, because I had uh, been working at the, uh, like I say, Alice Cooper time, and that was high stress. Uh, and you know, me trying to get to the management level and actually doing the fucking job because I had done it in Alaska. Uh, but they didn't want to pay me for it and didn't want to give me the recognition. And fine, I was doing it. You know, we got Lee here. Yeah, you got Lee there, but Lee ain't doing nothing. Come there, you know, a little bit, hang out more late at night than everything with the excuse that he's uh, getting the barbecue on <laughs> while he. He just there directed somebody else to put the barbecue on and Saul was actually doing the barbecue. And leave me there at night entertaining, drinking, you know, hey, I'm the man, I'm the barbecue, I'm the chef. That's my menu. And actually that was my fucking gumbo. They throw carrots in there so it wouldn't be. But uh <laughs> that in itself was the experience, but it was fucking high stress and I just couldn't deal with it. Because you know, and you know, I when they had events, uh, sometimes the manager be stressed, always want to rush you, push this up. Hey man, come on, let's get that. Come on, dude, don't do this fucking yelling back here. We know it. And you know, when I said, yeah, we've always had a good team there. Uh, when Leslie wasn't there, it wasn't always. It was always who directed, but you know, you had to have people knowledgeable to know what's coming up with orders. And also the expediter, expediter had to be the one who uh, um, know when to bring something up, when to cook or drop something, like a burger and a chicken sandwich. You know, if you got those two together, you let the cook know so they could come up together. However, you want that burger, well, medium or rare. Uh, and I'm not even sure if we were doing it like that, but. Uh, 
you know, things like that. And we you have the different special, the early specials, but, you know, but after, you know, and that was lunch and we served it to the world, to the, uh, since we down downtown, we was actually down from the stadium. Uh, well, me and my Paul went a couple of times, Lillian too. The stadium also to the ice hockey game, to the Coyotes. Went to the Diamondbacks and the Coyote game. Lillian used to get them tickets. She was cardiovascular out there in Scottsdale. And she worked on one of the guys who had the, uh, some money in that team, a part in that team, had the franchise in, uh, or their foreign team in Mexico and shit. And, you know, Lillian waited on these, well, not waited on, that was her doctor's patient. And they loved Lillian. So, you know, we used to get tickets to fucking games and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> I remember they used, that's when I first seen them shoot a cannon because I never went to games or nothing. But, you know, free tickets, baseball, hell, I don't even like baseball. Well, I don't want to say I didn't like it, but I thought it was pretty boring and I wouldn't sit. But it's actually different once you at the game. And I know that, but I still wouldn't spend my money because that's, that's not in my budget. <laughs> but... You know, and they shoot these t-shirts out of guns and the t-shirt coming right for me, right for me. I put my head out there, the hip shit bounced on my hand, bounced forward, and I missed it. <laughs> People like, ooh, and I'm like, ah, on, on fucking TV with my arms stretched out. But it was actually good and, uh, uh, so, and then how did I even get on that subject? But no, uh, at, uh, you know, that's something we did when I, no matter where I worked at, you know, as long as Lillian was out there, she stayed out there till we actually left. Worked one little job for maybe a month after uh, she left out there from being cardiovascular through the events in our life, and our life as well. And we got the hell out of Phoenix. I think we both needed it. Uh, but... <laughs> That was after uh, Liberty Mutual Insurance. You know, I uh, I think I said that about talked about Liberty, but I never had went into the restaurant that I worked in, other than that first one when I was uh, went to the steakhouse, fucking uh, in what was the Tempe somewhere, way north of Tempe. Like a desolate area, had a known steakhouse, big old parking lot, and got bigger grill area looked like and that used to put down grills they had me on the uh sirloin and uh filet mignon line and i'm like what the fuck i've never in my life seen that much meat never did i wasn't that type of cook you know i mean <laughs> people say a cook is a cook is a cook that's bullshit uh you live you uh a cook where anybody gonna eat you're gonna cook shit you eat because you know how to make that taste good. And, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, I'm not. I'm not really sure. All I know is, steak was just not in my menu going up, coming up. Even I didn't go to no school. I mean, I didn't have no need to look at steaks. Even when I cooked steaks in Alaska, it was sort of like we cooked them, and they caught the one that was on the grill if they wanted it cooked a certain way, but. Usually we cook them to like uh, just before medium, take them off, and if you still didn't get them, but you you know it was all in the timing. 
and we didn't have that that much so but that was the extent of that and maybe that was for a certain number of people coming through there because everybody wasn't meat eaters but to be in that steakhouse they were like fucking crazy so i did speak about that but uh alice cooperton you know that was uh that was a trip itself they hired a, a i went for the manager kitchen manager didn't find out you you applied for the assistant manager and you know he letting lee letting people know that uh and and whoever else was in charge michael michael used to thought he was pretty boy the uh outside manager and he uh he just tried to come in the back i quit a couple of times with him coming in the back with that fucking hollering i say man don't be fucking hollering like you're stupid why 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 it just don't make no sense for you to be hollering shit and ordering me like like I'm a fucking child. Like I don't understand what's going on. And when you do that, you slowing up the fucking kitchen. So don't, you know? So they yep, I mean, kind of careful and thought it was I was being picky, you know? Like that's the name, that's the way the game go. But fuck, man, that's the way the game go. If you let it go like that, we don't need that shit. And to prove that when, uh, uh, because they was downtown, <laughs> that's why I got on the stadium downtown around all the offices and the stadium so they was catching uh event traffic because sometime that night you know we cooked that night for the different events and that was both that was a fucking shit because it was a sports ball as well outside the on the bar was uh, uh tv after tv with all kind of sports you know even during the daytime people coming in for lunch and have them uh seat while they're eating the lunch because that was the big thing during the week that was carried them until the events because you know when the events you had the coyotes then you had the uh, uh baseball and when they moved that that hurt shit i guess because i wasn't down there then but the uh event the, the that's what took you know place and by the time uh you know when i was running and then we was me saul was running in um you know making sure everything done the, the uh shit cook and Saul actually it was nighttime. I was in the daytime. And I didn't work myself up there and expedite it now. Uh, Cause I can't think of what the fuck I was doing. Whatever I was doing, I wasn't happy. You know, maybe doing the chicken or specials or whatever, whatever it was, I wasn't happy. And I didn't even mind getting on a pan to do scampies and different things. Cause I fucking know good at that kind of shit, you know? Cause that was kind of like pan cooking in New Orleans and pan cooking up there. Uh, when I worked in that little uh, uh, kitchen in, um, uh, what's the name of this place? When I was doing the prepping for uh, Planet Hollywood in the back, you know, you had to do some pan frying things, they would actually come up there. And also, up uh, when I was in, uh, uh, not Alaska, but uh, Washington, in Seattle, uh, Pier 57 and the salmon cook we used to do uh, sauteed oyster and then we used to also do scampi there oysters the scampi so you know I learned how to do all that there so I was actually all right with the pan wasn't no bother so either do that the grill burgers you know they're pretty fucking simple they cooked them on a flat grill mocked them on a grill sometime but mostly we did the chicken different things on the grill um, so you know, it was actually pretty good. You know, the fries and different things, uh, onion rings, calamari, you know, fucking bunch of shit you used to sell in the fry. 
But then in the afternoon they would have the hors d'oeuvres out there on the table. We'd cook some of those up and throw them in the oven with the quiche and different little small bites like quiche. And then you would also have the, uh, uh, where they would get their own appetizers. I couldn't tell you what a lot of those appetizers was other than potato skins that everybody stole from uh, TGIF. And, uh, oh God, I started eating that shit. <laughs> I stopped being a vegan then. <laughs> Cause I was a vegan till I got to ooh, till I was in Phoenix a few years. And I started all this food stuff coming across. As I started trying it again, it was that chocolate cake at Black Eyed Peas. And then the options of fish was uh, what I caught and I had a lot. So I did eat a lot of fish at home. But you know, Lillian ate chicken. Uh, she ate her different meats and stuff. But mostly I ate chicken. I hadn't, and don't get me wrong now, I did start Stepping into the different kind of flavors of chimichanga, beef chimichanga, chicken chimichanga, but mostly it was a chippy. chicken chimichanga enchilada style. And got that from, uh, oh God, Garcia's, no, Pancho's. Pancho's right there in South Phoenix, right off Central, I believe. Might be right on Central. Well, they had Pancho's. And then they also had up the street Garcia. Garcia, Lillian loved the chips, and I fell in love with the chips too. The chips and salsa. You can go there and buy chips and salsa. And sometimes that's all we did. Lillian said, I want some chips. Okay, let's go. Uh, but chimichangas and um, tacos you would get from Pancho's. I mean, they both had great sauce. But Garcia's was pretty fucking nice, uh, and Pancho's was nice, and we never had it. Look, I never had any problems, really, with a lot of, well, I did have a lot of problem with this, you know, some racist ass, and, you know, some of them were Hispanic, but on the whole, no, not that Phoenix, you know, Phoenix was a lot more diverse, even though uh, a lot of blacks stayed in South Phoenix, you know, but they, they were all over, and was starting to get all over again, uh, uh, by then, but, uh, no, uh, Ponchos and then they had a uh, Huggy Bear, Honey Bear, Honey Bear Barbecue. Yep, started eating ribs. Started eating his until I uh, found out he, how he started doing it. And then until I started doing ribs myself at, uh, uh oh, fucking, uh, I never stopped cooking them this way. At, what's this? Alice Cooper. You know, they they smoke ribs, brisket, chicken, sausage, turkey breast, and I mean, my favorite of them all was fuck all of them. I, it didn't matter. I mean, I started eating them all because you could get a combination plate and stuff, you know. And of course, we got a discount. And when my dad came, it was that like fucking crazy. He got to taste a little bit of all. And I wasn't, I wasn't no uh, pig about stuff like that. So I, I never was a fat man or a heavy man, especially working in the kitchen, kept them pounds down. And to, you know, get home, yeah, I did. Usually got home and go to sleep, but usually uh, uh, I'd wake up and do what I had to do and then take me a shower and then go to sleep for the night <laughs> and they come home and take a nap because you're so hot you know but uh 
it was actually, uh, and then New Year's, they would give different things at New Year's at uh, Alice Cooper time, but it was actually the barbecue where you just took a rub. Wasn't no sauce or anything. They had sauces on the side. I don't know, if, I can't remember if they made them or not. There was sauces on the side. Different flavors and stuff, you know. I just can't remember if they bought them or we uh, made them, which I don't remember making them. Maybe one or two of them, but I don't remember making them. And we'd uh, take that raw, some kind of raw combination of different herbs and stuff, mostly, and uh, put them on there, on the, all on whatever we uh, smoking, all of it really. But basically, on the ribs, you had an easy platform to just lay them on, and you lay them on there and let them sit overnight and different things. And then, you know, would put them in the grill. I think six hours you let them sit in the refrigerator. Then put them in that big old rotisserie grill smoker. Uh, we use wood, put wood in there, and, you know, put it down at minimum, 199 And let this thing revolve around there and cook. And we would try to keep it loaded with different things, even though they had to cook at different temperature. I mean different times they would all cook at the same temperature anyway uh turkey no matter what it was and then a lot of time you didn't put the turkey in there with the beef but mostly you when when you put ribs in there you filled it up with ribs unless you had some already and you know it's gonna be a slow day but ribs was a show thing all the time especially people sitting up there getting drunk and a slab of rib might have cost them back then 14 dollars over the counter so they were making grand theft off them well i don't want to say grand theft because it was a process it was a big process, but it worked. And you know the ribs were fucking tender as shit, and that smoke on them. And you know I've always since then take my and when I had ribs up, I don't think last time I had ribs was up in uh, Oregon. I think I bought one and did that and it slow cooked it, and like six hours put it in the oven for six hours. Yo, my grandson and them how to do that. I bet you they, they, they couldn't tell you how to do it. But just wrap it up in foil, put all them rubs on it. Don't know barbecue. I hadn't used barbecue sauce except for uh, bullshit that I uh, try to substitute here. But I don't have all the spices. Hence, I got to get somewhere in the apartment so I can get back with my spices uh, again because I need to dive a little deeper in my vegan food using herbs and spices and stuff. Uh, preparing my own meals as opposed to trying to halfway buy hair processed food. Think I'm buying hair processed foods or meats or shit meals out there like, you know, the potato wedges from Dollar Tree. <laughs> you know, that box of Hungry Jack potatoes instead of getting a real potato. And I do get them, but, you know, it's kind of hard to keep them in here with this refrigerator. A uh, small one, that's the thing I don't, just don't like it. And because uh, it don't seem to keep things, if I put too much in there, it's not going to keep the shit cold. Cold as I think it should be. Um, so, uh, I, uh, but <laughs> just thinking about all the shit I used to eat. And, you know, I'm not going to say I don't eat it because, hell, if I feel like it, I do it. I like chicken. Uh, I hadn't done any chicken in a month now <laughs> but uh 
I mean, you know, if I do, I go go to Walmart, get those uh, big bone-in chicken breasts, as opposed to one that's bone out of that. Bring them home, you'll get a pack of them. Uh, four, I remember you, you used to get uh, six uh, uh, boneless chicken breasts, nice pieces of meat for uh, $11, but now, you know, and, you know, that'd be like six servings, you know. Uh, seven, you know, and, you know, more the summer, you know, more, usually, you know, I would end up eating half of that because, anyway, uh, but now, you know, you go, if I went there, I would get one of those with the four breasts and with the bones in and I would just cook it and usually they eight, nine dollars, so, so I'm like to me, okay, that's cool, and I take it, the dog love fucking chicken. And what I do is I take and separate that breast from that bone, uh, take the little meat off the side, and I would even steam those bones, uh, breasts together. I take those loose, put them in Ziploc bags. Uh, sometimes I even put them in a Ziploc bag with the bone, depends on how I feel. But uh, sometimes I might even steam them together, which not bad, because I could always save the bone and scraps off that bone for the dog for the next day. Cause if I cook chicken, that's what she having. <laughs> now I know I'm getting off, going from way Alice Cooper town to cooking in uh, uh, or uh, uh, Seattle, Phoenix, and uh, <laughs> some of the food, but in in, in oh, Phoenix. I mean, not Phoenix, Seattle, I ate a lot of uh, Asian food, a lot of different things I tried. Used to sometime in the morning get these little, fucking, I forget the damn thing. They must have been egg whites on these hot plates in a little circle wrapped with different fruit and shit. Used to try those in the morning for breakfast, you know, and it was actually pretty good, not feeling, and go down to work, but mostly uh, I ate a lot of Asian food up there, calling to work around the, uh, uh-uh, the, the fish market, up and down that strip there on Pine or whatever the street that was there, Pike and Pine. And, you know, I used to go up and down there. They had a couple of Asian places there. They had a bookstore. I found a bookstore there. Ain't a fucking great bookstore. Uh, as I walk away from the, as you walk away from the fish market down, I think that was Pine, uh, there was the, uh, on the right side, a couple of restaurants and stuff, and I hated it because during the tourist time, that was fucking busy and you couldn't get shit. But then I had to go that way because I worked in the <laughs> tourist area on 57. But that's what I ate up there, a lot of Asian food, but then I mostly ate at nighttime would bring home, uh, uh, if I mostly felt like it, which I did, was uh, either salmon, po' boy. <laughs> I ate a lot of fucking bread there. But I walked up that fucking hill every night. And, uh, because my apartment was straight up that hill. All the way up that hill on Capitol Hill, right by the school. So I would walk up in an old ancient fucking building. You get there, and, uh, fucking elevator wouldn't be working half the time, you know. And all the way up to the top floor, they only had one thing above me. But it was pretty cool, and I got to look out over you know, the little piece of Seattle. I saw buildings in a way, of course, and one side I could see a lot further, even the interstate down there. And I just love sitting there with my window open with the lights off and just looking at this shit, you know. Everything was in the distance. My eyes 
were good then, but still, you know, wasn't trying to look and concentrate on nothing because it was all part of this big metropolis that I lived in. But the food there, I uh, used to go up in uh, this place at the other end where the college kids live, and I can't even think of it. Where they used to have the band, the music, and everything. I used to go around there and listen to the music, sit out that night uh, around there. Just had to be careful because they had some hateful motherfuckers around there, too, being young, stupid, in college. And I, all I was simply going there for the music. They fucking had phenomenal music uh, there. And, you know, that was like maybe pre or post Kurt Cobain and his crew. Yeah, I think that was during that time, maybe. And, um,. You know, it wasn't just that music, but there was a lot of blues, jazz, like in New Orleans at the, might have been Pecan Grove, that's what I'm thinking about the name of it. But there was this, because I remember it being a name in New Orleans, but it was all kind of music, like Wolfman Jackson, places like that, Cesora. I've seen her up there in Seattle, but that was, wasn't too far from uh, where, uh, the uh, fish market was at a little theater up that way. They, um, they probably still do have it. And then I saw Ziggy Marley on the water down there on uh, 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 Puget Sound. So, yeah, I mean, music, and then they had Bumper Shoot. And I went to Bumper Shoot once, and they was like, oh, fuck Bumper Shoot, you know, because it, I mean. But then again, I had to, <laughs> I, I just wasn't used to somebody saying, nigga, you know, white saying nigga, especially uh, somebody saying sand nigga, you know, calling somebody else a nigga. Like, wait a minute, another white boy talking about, you know, this Arab shit that was going on. And they were pushing that way back then. But Seattle was a, a good experience for me. I mean, it was a big city that I dealt with. Actually, uh, one of my fucking classmates, I saw him walking down the fucking street. Gary Wilkes, or Gregory Wilkes, one of them, they were twins, but had to move to Seattle was, say, was uh, building maintenance, Somebody right on, engineer, like, cool, dude, that's seen him maybe once, yeah. uh, found out, you know, told him where I work, hey, pass through, have a beer on me, man, and he came through there maybe once or twice, and I saw him at once, and, uh, hey, was doing my thing, managing, uh, depends on the time you come through there, if it's busy or not, you know. I couldn't entertain you, but no matter what, I'm going to buy your beer. Uh, but, you know, we uh, talked and stuff. Heck, I remember reminiscing and shit, and then, you know, went on. Back to our lives. <laughs> but, yeah, it was good seeing somebody, you know, walking the streets in a place so far from home. Hell, what am I talking about? Uh, uh, Dan's sister, Belinda and her husband. Uh, um, Lawrence, they, uh, I was in the train station. <laughs> I was in the train station, Seattle train station, going get money back. No, actually going to, uh, New Orleans, going get, uh, money back from my ticket, uh, that I had bought for Tiffany. You know, Maria sent it back. I put it in, you know, uh, uh, Maria name, old Tiffany name, but you know, you can't cash it. I put it in the name where, I put it somewhere where you couldn't cash the fucking ticket. And she couldn't cash the ticket, 
for real couldn't cash the ticket. So I ended up sending it back to me. <laughs> and I was there in at the bus station. Uh, bus station, train station. Well, basically it was the train station, King Street. And huge fucking thing. I've been in and out of that many times. I loved it myself, but sometimes you got to be careful of the people around it. You know, inside it, you okay, but getting inside that motherfucker, sometimes you got more beggars than passengers. <laughs> and then the, the trains come in and out all night, you know, because, uh, you know, it wasn't just for uh, coming from uh, uh, other parts of the country, and actually from running up and down the coast and in the interior, right up at down by uh, Billingham and different things close by and you know keep that traffic because you know Seattle was pretty major and a lot of things went on in Seattle but I mean plus the water plus you know oh, fucking it was beautiful there uh, Willoughby Island we uh, did that once and I was there with Andrew but you know, Seattle was actually when I, I'm talking more of the experience when I was there by myself uh, when I got to do Seattle, because <laughs> I used to hang with Michael and Angela and her friends, and uh, I mean, they were cool. I mean, I liked them all. Justin, Annie, Jody, whatever Justin boyfriend's name was at the time. But, you know, they were all cool, but kind of uppity, kind of up, up, stuck up middle class. I mean, but, you know, they didn't give me no trouble or anything. Well, cause I didn't bother, but going out with it was not so much a challenge. It was always try to pick your mind. We saw uh, the six. Uh, what's this damn thing with uh, Bruce Willis going into the future to save the past uh, twelve monkeys? <laughs> uh, say you think that possible? I'm like thinking to myself. I thought the movie. Well, it could be possible, but you know, I'm not thinking too deep into that, and I wasn't. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of challenging, even going to different places to eat, they always was trying new places, which I was good for. But a lot of these places, you know, they didn't really check them out, and they go in there as open gay like they did. People tend to treat them either one way or the other, and if, you know, you got somebody who was accepted gays who didn't like blacks, that was your ass, and now you the caught it, and I got so much hair and fucking food, and... <laughs> One time I pulled a hair out of fucking uh, uh, my mouth that was so fucking long it was it's disgusting. Uh, you want another plate? Fuck no. Hell no. I'm done. I'm done. And I'm <laughs> they stop asking me <laughs> to go with them, you know. But that that was that project coming out now because I mean you know this shit is getting kind of fucking old. So, but anyway, I I went to the places where I felt. Uh, uh, I could trust the people where they showed me that, you know, hey, you know, we'll suggest different things and it wasn't no malice or no disregard or no disrespect in it at all. It wasn't no short statements or anything. It was explaining things that I always would want an ex not always, but you know, what is it? Tell me about it. No no no, you know, I know it's a uh Mongolia barbecue, but uh what? Or this kind of real barbecue, but what? But mostly I got got into a lot of raps up there. Uh, different vegetable wraps, Asian wraps. Oh, they was a fucking bomb. And then uh, there was Y-Pan and Way. These two little Asian gay. Y-Pan Way and what's this boy name? 
Oh, this one could talk, wasn't talk, able to talk too well, English anyway. Uh, but, you know, people used to come in there and they, they actually wanted to get rid of him because he, he they wanted him to be up there just like everybody get up there and talk like everybody. But, you know, this was one of the best fish cookers I've ever seen, smokers. Quick smoking fish, shit. Halibut, salmon, cod, that boy could fucking smoke that shit just to perfection. Now, uh, instead of rotating people around like we did, you know, uh, when you had somebody, uh, you usually put somebody back there on the fries or leave those fries until, you know, it got busy and then people start shifting around making sure you get things and work them the line. And then, you know, if it was busy, you had a few people. So it always took care of itself and never know where you might put somebody. And they always try to put people in a certain spot. Cashier usually stayed, you know, you did, that wasn't no spot that shift, you know. You, you had the cashier who but everything else, and the cash, if they was good, they would tell you what they need. These people waiting on this, this, Caesar salad, because you would have somebody on a Caesar salad. And they were just shouting, you had people doing all that, you know, drop fries, drop this, drop fish, drop the fried fish. And, but, <laughs> I love this shit, but they had white pan, and you know, I I actually, a uh, uh, white pan way, and what's this boy name? Stop. She trying to show off now. There was uh there were uh Chinese white <laughs> page taught me how to cussing Mandarin uh I made a few words but I couldn't tell you but they were fucking little short skinny kids uh white pan was eighteen I know he was passing for seventeen but it was a little hustle he worked at McDonald's left McDonald's to come there because he you know got a chance to work and he did he fucking excelled there, you know, and Dan loved him. I mean, I loved him. He knew the place just as well as me, because see, I wasn't a supervisor who tried to keep secrets. I let him know everything that happened. I mean, everything I do, this is what I do, and make sure I get one that was smart enough to want to do it, uh, to step up like that. You know, white man was a hustler. He was young, and he wanted, you know, he saw that at McDonald's wasn't going to be made uh, in that area, because there was actually a lot of discrimination against the Asian. It wasn't going to make manager as fast as he thought. Uh, so, he, uh, I think because at that time they had, you know, where anybody was grabbing their manager jobs, college educator. But he uh, came and he thrived. But I used to go uh, with him in uh, the Asian part of town. You know, me and, uh, no, I don't think Michael did. And I don't think she did when when that would be for me, white pad, uh we and this boy, I can't think of this boy goddamn day. But there was a couple of more of them, you know, they didn't work out as well. Uh this little girl, I can't think of her name and her boyfriend was dead, you know, he was just like one of these who just thought you know, he could just step out, go to the bathroom every fucking ten minutes and didn't just Tried to get out of work. He didn't last that long. And I never fired him. I said, hey, take him off the schedule. Took him off the schedule. You can give him one day. I need some time. Nope. Nope, sorry. Try to get your time. We got, I need people who work. Especially the boys getting closer to the busy time during summer. And then next thing you know, it's still on straighten up in that one day. Fuck, you cut it. If you're mad, you know, you're going to be mad when you come back. 
Give him four hours. Hell, he quit. <laughs> and I did. I had to do a couple of people that I did a little black girl that she tried to fucking use me too. No, wait a minute. You know, I tried to help you now. You said you you came and said you needed the job. You need help. Now you try to use me. Go and walk all over the place and then yell at me. Hell no. Dan asked me what's happened one day. I said you need to take off the schedule. Right there in front of her face. He said, she said, you can't do that. Dan, you know. Dan said, okay. Next day she was off the fucking schedule. Dan said, you do not talk to a fucking supervisor. Your supervisor like that too? He said, fire you. I fired you. Okay. Can I, I'm, and she went down there, tried to get unemployment. They fought that shit. No, you ain't. You hadn't been there that long. Hadn't been there a good two fucking weeks and try to... <laughs> I ain't even gonna get into this little girl excuse. I ain't try to say I did nothing to her because nobody could say that. I never met nobody. There's no fucking back on the side where it's dark. No private meetings or nothing. Everything sat, happened right there in that dining room on them damn bench tables. <laughs> and that's the way it was for me. Everything was in an open. If I had to discipline somebody, everybody might have not heard, but everybody saw it over there. Uh, if it was talking to anybody, it wasn't no directly, I'm sitting across from you or whatever. Uh, we sat at the table and boom, that was it. Uh, had the papers there, whatever. But it wasn't, no indeed, I never. I fucking never do. So, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was fucking great in Seattle until started raining and really did it not rain so fuck and I was interested in the stars hadn't been to school so and that's actually what led me to uh, Phoenix uh, being in school for astronomy and uh, learning about the stars and just seeing them I was seeing them up in Seattle and there actually had some good spots I used to go hike up in way deep in the mountains I love those mountains and that that tests me and I uh, I think me, yeah, me and Mike go ahead and split up by then, you know, because I was going down to, to the Astoria, hanging on the beach and stuff on my weekends off. And uh, there's another reason I teach people to know what I uh, do when I'm was taking care of managing places, like Pan and his little crew or whoever. He he knew what to do because I actually didn't come to work one day for two days. Thought I was off. I don't know how, why I did that. It was out in the fucking country hiking. So I wasn't answering my phone or anything. And next thing you know, I come to work, you know. And I'm like, uh, where you been? Like, what you mean, where I been? Mine and mine, even yours. And no, you were supposed to be to work. You didn't show up and they couldn't call you or nothing. Like, get out of here. And then Dan, like, yeah, man. And no love lost because it went on rolling. And you know, Dan then took and saw that, you know, hell, my style was the shit because Vin, Vin was his name. Vin uh, got to stay on that damn thing. And you know, slowly we integrated him into the line where he could talk to people. Can I take your order? And you know, he was saved with a lisp. And a lot of people would act like they didn't understand him, you know. Uh, and try to ridicule in which we didn't allow and then you know you get some racist come up there you know looking at me think yeah here's a black dude he's gonna uh, side with me anyway huh because they taking our jobs 
you speak English? <laughs> Dude, don't do that. <laughs> don't even do that. See, these kids speak more than one language, you know. Do you? So, come on, don't do that, man. <laughs> well, I don't understand them, okay? Then I'll step up there and talk, you know. Make it simple. Oh, but, you know, it went through a lot of that. But, you know, yeah. Then I saw, okay, they faced the same bullshit, you know, we faced. Uh, we tried to get a job at, uh, what was that, Old Navy. And, shit, way was good, you know. I, you know, gave her a good recommendation, you know. Hell, yeah, we would love for her to stay, but, you know, no, we can't stop her from excelling. Oh, shit. And she should have got it, because she was actually... Uh, when she first started there, she was one of these shy, shy people. Introvert. She never stopped being an introvert, but then she knew how to start dealing with people. Don't be shamed. Look, girl, look who you are. And she would start smiling, but then, cause plus that was good for, uh, I had white pad in there, because he actually helped bridge that gap between me and the kids, and then they started hating. But no, I, uh, on the whole, it was good at, up there. And uh, I got to experience a lot of food, a lot of different people. Uh, I was going to school again, going to school up there, and I was taking math again uh, because I loved math. And had then been in, uh, I think this was the Algebra 2 uh, because that was one of the ones I missed. Oh, and trigonometry or one of them, biology and different things. I was taking all this up there in Seattle along with the uh, astronomy class, along with the writing course. And, oh God, I'm not even going to mention this writing course. It, actually, that's where I met Van. V-A-N. <laughs> Half Asian guy, you know, and we used to, yeah, that's where I ended up finding my weed at. But he was, ended up being a tweaker. And, you know, when I was going up there in the mountains, hiking in the mountains, yeah, you all come? Yeah, man, I'm like, was looking for somebody. We were both into guns. I had a 44 at the time, 44 Ruger Magnum. And uh, uh, 357 Smith and Weston. I used to, uh, uh, yeah, you had to bring guns up in the mountain. Plus, you know, I was into guns then. And he had his guns, so we'd go up there, you know, and hike. I was in the hike and uh, bring my sleeping bag and everything and just sleep in the mountain. Never had a tent or anything, you know, and did it the right time of year where you didn't run into this weather. And I mean, it was fucking amazing stars. And you had a sick pack, drink a sick bag, smoke a couple of joints, uh, watch the stars at night, hang out, talk, and then crash, boom, wake up in the morning, pack your shit, start going. Uh, sometimes I would go up there and just hang out in the evening and uh, head back down, take an early morning hike, all uh, depends on the weather, and hike back down. And uh, he would come a couple of times. So one of these times this is when I stopped hanging with him. Hey, yeah. Stop going hiking with him. <laughs> Hell yeah, I stopped going hiking because, you know, we coming down in this, uh, it's getting dark. You know, cutting it close, you know what I mean? Cutting it close, making it to the car by just before dark. I mean, one thing, I'm not coming down no mountain in the dark. Um, light, you can have lights all you want. All that's going to do is attract shit that you shouldn't be trying to attract bad people, fucking wild animals, um, because they see a light, they're gonna try to come investigate. I don't give a fuck what it is, even if they gotta do it from a distance. 
And bears, you know, a lot of times are just some fucking hungry, nasty creatures. Moose, you don't want to walk up and scare no fucking moose. A lot of different things you don't want to do. Cats up there, all kind of yourself fuck. Uh, I never did a chance hiking, especially, you know, falling off a cliff. You fall off one of those cliffs, walk wrong, hurt yourself, you're stuck up there. You know, if you can move, or if you're not, if you're conscious. You know, so, you know, there's a lot of different things. And uh, uh, me, <laughs> my closeness, close relationship to this thing they call that, that try to, that not try to, but welcome you at any opportunity. You know, I know uh, taking a chance is just like gambling with your life. So I usually start hiking early and he was slow. I mean, this motherfucker was going slow. I, he was a little porky dude, you know, and I'm like, come on, dude. And I'm, like, I'm taking my time. He wants to keep slowing down, drinking his water. But I didn't know the boy was fucking tweaking. So, uh, I left him. <laughs> you know, fuck this, man. And I still made it down to the mountain, you know, maybe half an hour after it didn't go dark. Uh, and I hated it. Once I got to the car, I shot off a couple of times my gun. And didn't hit nothing back, so I sat in the car and waited. Next thing you know, he came out the mountain about an hour later. Oh man, that was cool. I like this motherfucker. Took, went back to the city. Hell, never went hiking with him at night again at all. Cause I mean, you know, that's kind of a dangerous. Then I found out he was a tweaker. He was into that shit, you know, uh, uh, crystal meth they called it. And uh, I wouldn't know what that boy doing today, cause I pretty much stopped hanging with him. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't hang with drug addicts, you know, especially drug addicts who think they could uh, deal with it. And he, this boy worked at CVS. Uh, he had a little uh, uh, partner, his roommate. The roommate was, uh, God damn, what's his name? They were both Asian, but this guy was more Asian. Tony, maybe? Alex? And he was more Asian than uh, Van, Van. Pretty much thought he was white. Because he the one who told me about the, you know, man, laws are made for white men. Why would I vote? I'm like, what? <laughs> he thought he was white, but anyway. Uh, his his roommate, he actually really didn't like his roommate, treat him nasty and stuff. And he, I think it was more because he was Asian and he saw what he was or other people might see in him. Despite the fact that, you know, one of his parents was white, he was, you know, what he was declaring that he was white, you know, do what you want, but people see, and you know, when people, you know people see the truth, but you're declaring something else, that's a mental health stage. And, but, you know, his body was cool, you know, <laughs> and we go over there, play cards and different things, smoke some weed with him and stuff, and, uh, I, I would leave, go back home, you know, uh, to my apartment and with my weed, because mostly that's what I was doing, buying weed, and it was hard. And, you know, all the time, knowing now that it, he was fucking robbing me, he tweaking, and no wonder I can't, you know, because most places I go, I want to meet the fucking dealer. <laughs> and pretty much, uh, I, I ended up stopped smoking uh, around him until I found other people who was dealing, uh, because, you know, it just wasn't worth what he was getting and then it was always like it have your weight uh yeah well he ain't gonna be around i, I ain't never know a weed dealer who 
fucking was always, always fucking out. And, you know, but it was all a game that he was playing. Uh, and I could never get an ounce. I want an ounce, dude. Come on, boy. How much a fucking ounce? Come on. Well, he ain't got no ounce, man. Well, who, who does he get it from? Come on. He can make the ounce. If that's the dude, we can bingo. One thing after another. But anyway, I stopped dealing with him. <laughs> it was his uh, white partner that he, you know, hung with and liked best. And, you know, I mean, not to say that I was trying to make no competition because it was just a weed thing and we knew each other from school. And, you know, hey, he wanted to go hiking. But, you know, then I took that opportunity because I wouldn't have went up there hiking by myself. Uh, not in the daytime, not nighttime, daytime. I, I don't hike by myself, especially up in the fucking woods in the serial capital or the uh, murder, uh, serial murder capital of the world. That corridor like that, Pacific Northwest. So, uh, but Seattle was uh, grand as far as the food. Uh, from Seattle to Phoenix, you know, where I got a different taste of food. It was a lot of ocean food, I guess, Asian food up in Seattle. I don't know nothing. I ate like a normal damn chicken. I don't think I ate chicken. I ate a lot of fish, a hell of a lot of fish. In the, uh, again, there was so many restaurants I would go in. A lot, you know, even walking through the market, uh, there were so many different places I would try. And I would look in, in a lot of places, but a lot of places I wouldn't go into. Because, you know, really, you you could tell a place that just got something there and a place that really actually taking an interest in what they're doing uh, or making. And a, a lot of the philodos are, you can find philodos places all up and down the places. So I ate a lot of philodos. Um, yeah, there was actually a corridor up there in Seattle and actually one in San Antonio too. Because uh, one of these winners from Alaska, we stopped in San Antonio. They had this college strip where they had falafels. Oh, God, I love falafels, too. But there was these up in Seattle, too, and a few of them. That was just like coffee. You could try coffee at different places. Every way I went, give me a double Americano uh, with caramel. That was it. That was my drink. And I would try each different one. Some I got some good ones. Some I got some horrible coffee. You know, some I went go to place they act like they don't want to make my coffee. Hell, you know, fuck, you should have let me know this shit. God damn it. So, you know, it was then, then once I got to a place, you know, a couple of places that I really like, I would walk there, get my coffee on my way to work or whatever. But I, I uh, discovered coffee again up in uh, Phoenix. Uh, Lillian was into coffee and she actually for my birthday bought me some, uh, Jamaican Blue Mountain, oh fuck. Some of the most expensive, and there was this coffee place in the mall, I think in Tempe, we used to go to, I mean, I've never seen so much coffee in my fucking life. Hey, you can tell the uppities. <laughs> and uh, I think it was in uh, maybe Tempe, right on Saddle in Tempe, the Scottsdale, you know, one of these uppity click places. And uh, coffee, and you know, Lillian, you know, she carried herself, that's what I got to say about my women, they carried herself, and I'm not going to say, a lot of blacks don't, I mean we all do, 
until somebody tick us and then that throw us off off center and then we gonna go and get ghetto on them or project or whatever and you know and, and, and it's actually not to be expected but then that's what they try to do throw and that throws you off guard and that in in turn gives them the uh right to even further disrespect you even after that initial but then you know Lillian never even let nothing like that or and, and it never happened or none of them because they all seem to exude this like they know what they're talking about and even if you challenge them when they know what they're talking about they don't fucking put you straight you know and i was just lucky enough to be in the presence of, of them when they handled their business uh, and it was around them, so you know, all that did was just rubbed off on me when you know, I started walking tall. And even when I was a, a good guy, I tried to be a bad guy, thuggish, like, don't walk with me. And walk around my timbos, my, my jeans, my jacket, you know, that was wintertime gear. But you know, the, the thing was, uh, it was, you know, we would go in there and we'd get this coffee. I mean, I mean, that's, she can't, we went a lot of different places. I mean, not places where you spend money. I mean, any kind of place, you know. And that was the same with Angela, uh, same with Lillian. Uh, it had this confidence, you know. And it, it, it actually carried me <laughs> into a world of being more confident, you know. Because, I mean, Lillian actually was the first one Because if it wasn't for her And her, you know, confidence And outgoingness And not being scared of the public Or, or dealing with the public And, you know, speaking her mind in public And If it wasn't for that You know, I wouldn't have never stepped up to And she actually helped me grow Because we actually had a restaurant Or at Moors across the <laughs> Tracks or across the canal there. He tried to take over, or took over anyway, because that didn't last us for a month when we had it going good, you know. Was doing like a supper meal there on Friday, Saturdays. I don't think it was Sundays, but then, you know, he saw it was doing good, took it over himself. But you know what I mean? Cooking and restaurants and food, I've actually, uh, think I had a very, very, assorted variety of date, tastes and dishes and got a lot more to go and I've actually <laughs> again I get a lot of recipes vegan recipes off the uh off the internet and I try all kind of things pumpkin soup um uh, squash baked squash um uh, I mean it's just phenomenal the things you can actually do with plants you know, with vegetables, and uh, I'm uh, actually looking forward to getting another place where I can do this. But anyway, back to this shit I saw, and I, I, you know, fuck, I was hoping to forget it, but I can't. You know, I can't come back in with no uh, kind of reply to the shit I saw with this guy setting somebody on fire or trying to. Or, Sudden, even a storm fire, and, I, and again, I hope the fuck he got burned. But you know, and not just that. The point that they're making this out to be just gonna be the beginning of a long hot summer. That's fucking scary, as well as the fact that it's not even half a year yet. We still got a couple of days before the 30th. What? 10, 11 days before the 30th. 
they've had more fucking so-called mass shootings, and they actually had more than them. Then a year is long, so it's fucking scary. And as the chief of Detroit police say, it's getting hotter. So I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm never try to rationalize those kind of people, even to say that they are, are mental. You know, uh, we've got to look at. We really, really got to stop this fucking shit. If they, if they, if they really want this, be a, a, a long, enduring successful country, they really gotta face the fucking facts and stop the bullshit lies. Um, you know, you could blame shit on anything, you know. Why is there so much crime in the city now? It's not because of no long hot summer. Hell, I remember when they used to not have air conditioning. Wasn't all that shit. Yeah, in the environment I was raised in, it was always a little crime, a little stress, but then, you know, they know what happened when you stack rats, crab, and shit on top of each other. There's been studies. They don't do nothing to alleviate that. So, I mean, I'm not even gonna go back into it. But 16, 19 project, oh, fuck, oh, no. Or was that 1419, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, no, so it had to be 16. Oh, yeah, but anyway, uh, 1619, check it out. Like pain, check it out. And Biden, hmm, you signed the papers, it still ain't do nothing. You president, uh, you signed the papers with Clinton. And I mean, you keep saying you're fucking sorry that don't fucking shine no shoes. Clinton, you know, you, you say you're sorry now. Hillary demonizing. And y'all just, I mean, we as black folks thought that why they were the lesser of the two evil. Oh, jumping on that bandwagon because Hillary was a woman? Come on now. While at the same time, California, 50% of the uh, mortality rate for pregnant mothers are black women. Four, five times what it is for whites. So, but we do nothing, we say nothing. You know, well, they didn't beat that out of us because every time you protest, you know, it's it's fucking crime now. So I'm going to end with that and say uh, I'm not going to apologize for this crazy motherfucker. I'm just sorry all this killing's going on just like it is because it's actually take away from the truth and actually start a bigger, uh, a bigger thing of getting further away from rectifying anything as opposed to justifying not rectifying anything. So, anyway, uh, this dude here, yeah, him, the one who slashes, the one who chokes somebody in the subway, uh, you know, all of this shit is just bullshit. The ones who walk up into people start shooting at a party because of some bullshit. The ones who walk up and shoot people at anywhere because they just feel like they hate a motherfucker black jew indian arab muslim you know come on people finding any motherfucking reason to hate 
Why? Because it's instilled in this country. And that's all I got to say. But anyway, as far as uh, individual and people, I'm not going to be doing that shit no more. Uh, fucking money ain't nothing but money. Go ahead, rescue them fucking people. Uh, at the bottom of the ocean. But while you're at it, when you're rescuing Ukraine, go ahead and help them. And I know y'all saying y'all talking about how y'all gonna help them in Sudan, but you know, stop the fucking talking and go in the rest of those places in Africa, in Turkey, and all these other places. Syria, he's still there. Come on. So, anyway, you know, the shit going on between Russia and Ukraine, hey. I'm not sure we should be involved in a motherfucking civil strike because it hadn't been proven to me that Ukraine was so totally sovereign that they could pick up arms against the ones who do it and not call it a revolution or a hostile takeover. <laughs> but we, uh, we really need to examine things and stop setting policy to suit our needs and wants and examine more of what's going on in this country uh, because we spending a lot of money, but we need to spend a lot of money where it's due. In the black communities where these children on their fucking water in Flint, Jackson, and a number of other fucking places where all this crime is. And, you know, for St. Louis, Detroit, uh, Baltimore, and what's this other fucking place? Uh, the highest crime in the world. You know, so I mean, no. It's scary here. It's fucking scary here. 